Welcome to the Game of Thrones podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Game of Thrones on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we have got a sort of special episode in the works here. Uh, this is our season seven preview episode, but it was recorded about a week ago over at Con of Thrones. It was actually recorded live. We were up on the, the big stage um, in front oh, of a live yeah. audience. Yeah, so you get to hear them uh, cheering and, and yelling and booing and all, all the things stuff. that crowds do. Uh, but yeah, we're going to do a little short intro here and then just play that uh, episode from Con of Thrones, where we talk a little bit about Con of Thrones, but mostly about what's coming up in season seven, what we're excited for, um, the cool stuff we want to see. All that kind of that junk. And this is just the beginning. We are also putting out a call for feedback for a a a a feedback podcast, a preview podcast, to see what you guys want to talk about. And we're also going to do a little bit of a spoiler podcast later this week uh, in advance of uh, Game of Thrones dropping this weekend. Mm-hmm. So send all that in to GOT or Game of Thrones at baldmove.com. Uh, you can also discuss all the shows on our forums, uh, the, not so much for feedback, but uh, we do have a bit, pretty big forum community, forums.baldmove.com. Uh, so, yeah, we're looking forward to getting that. As far as our coverage goes, uh, we are doing the old faithful. We're <laughs> going to have an instant podcast out shortly after the episode airs on Sunday night to give us to give you guys our off-the-cuff opinions um, of the episode itself. Uh, we'll have our deep dive uh, scene-by-scene breakdowns on Tuesday with feedback, as we always do. And then Friday, we're going to do the spoiler edition. Uh, one of the, the cool positive outcomes of the, uh, the the Con of Thrones is I got I got a, a lot of uh, ideas for some, some more spoilery things. Uh, things that, um, y- you know, there's not lots of juice to squeeze out of the book, but, you know, when, when the juice is scarce, people get creative in how they use it. <laughs> It's like there's some Mad Max shit type of theories where there's like a blood boy yeah. strapped up front and some dude's wearing a Ziploc bag over his head and there's, uh, you know, leather chaps involved. It uh, It's crazy. It's cre- crazy. All the gears are shaped like skulls. I, I don't know why. I didn't but... know Drogon was into that, but... Yeah, well, uh, that's how you that's that's how you tame a dragon. Turns out, yeah, chaps, <laughs> chaps, Ass, and straps. chaps, chaps and straps, <laughs> and uh, it's all Tyrion's idea. But yeah, uh, send send uh, your feedback into got at baldmove dot com. Bald move, I'm told, is not just when I pop up in Volantis after brunch in High Garden. It is also a podcast. Here to discuss this strange new technology, A. Ron Hubbard and Jim Jones. Welcome to the Game of Thrones podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Con of Thrones. I'm your host, Jim Jones. And I'm Aaron. We're here to do a, a live preview cast. I can't see anybody, so this makes me really comfortable. It's very, very gloomy out there. <laughs> uh, as you know, we have attended the same convention that you all have, and uh, we want to talk a little bit about our experience here. Maybe... Uh, Sharing it with you guys a little bit. Is everybody having a good con? How many, how many people out there are Bald Move fans? And how many people are just here because they don't want the con to be over? All right. That's, okay. Most are Bald Move fans. All Bald Move fans. So cool. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. What's, uh, what's been your experience so far, Jim? Uh, I've had a blast. It has been a lot of work. We've done, I think you did like eight panels. I did seven. Uh, so a lot of work. But also I got to attend a few panels and walk around the place and Buy some stuff in the marketplace and had a great time. I think my favorite panel so far has been uh, Ghost of Westeros. Did anybody else see that? Yeah, that was a really cool one. It's everybody who was dead uh, in the show kind of coming back and talking about their experience on Game of Thrones. And they were all charming and awesome. Yeah, I've uh, man, there's been so many great experiences. Um, I really liked the, the Red Wedding panel that we... Well, it's not a panel, the game show we did... Uh, where, once again, this is the second time we did it, uh, and uh, it's essentially been phrase six, dark zero. Uh, but everybody's having a good time. You know, it's interesting because, like, people don't play the game so much as they do tribal politics. Like, 
For sure. The women yeah. realize there's six of us and there's five men. Kill all men <laughs> must die. Yeah, for sure. Anyone not wearing Game of Thrones merchandise must die. <laughs> Who's afraid? We don't care. You're not. You're wearing a Star Wars shirt. You're dead. <laughs> So that that's interesting. But then there's also uh, we got to uh, I got to do a panel with Aziz from History of Westeros uh, yesterday, and Steve Love, who uh, is, a, is a Canadian uh, comic and a Jon Snow impersonator, and he got to do a cameo role as uh, one of the Brotherhood Without Banners, and he was really fun. It was Canada Day. He was feeling it. Uh, it was it was a really cool experience, and I got to try on the Hound helmet down in the marketplace. That's cool. Uh, yeah. I got some leather crap for my uh, my, my uh, Bolton costume. Yeah, there's a lot of cool props down there. I don't know if they're still open, but if you haven't checked it out, check out the marketplace. Got a Clegane Bowl T-shirt. Yep. Did you hear that? I was disappointed because I thought Clegane Bowl was off last year. Uh, and then there's some compelling evidence. I was watching Alt Shift X's analysis of the season seven trailer part two, and uh, there's some compelling evidence that the Hound and uh, the Mountain might go at it. Yeah, we so, might talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, the, the do 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 or whatever the. Yeah, I have that theme on the laptop. Do you? Uh, yeah. So can you use the force? I can't. Uh, what else do you want to talk about, uh, con? Or do you want to get into like season season seven preview stuff? How does everybody or? like this venue for the con? Has it been cool? I've, okay, <laughs> tepid, tepid response for the venue, I've got to say. I've been to the, the Gaylord Opryland two other times for an IT security conference, and it's, it's a lot different vibe. A lot, a lot more chinos and polos, a lot less uh, Mother of Dragons and Jon Snows. And, and not a single, not a single 1-1. One, one. Uh, and we had one 1-1 one, one yesterday, uh, which is about all the 1-1 one, one you need. Uh, man, did you guys see him? Impressive. Impressive. Uh, that's the other highlight is I feel like that I've been to a couple cons. I've never been to, like, uh, San Diego Comic Con, which is the, the mecca. I mean, they have, like... Fully articulated mech warrior outfits and stuff there, but this is some They've of the got best. Adam Savage, I mean, got, what, yeah. This, this is this is some of the best cosplaying I've ever seen, though. Like uh, it's just an, just just everybody looks really nice and spent so much time on their costumes. It's really awesome. Yeah, so uh, maybe we should stop talking about the con, talk more about Game of Thrones season seven. Yeah, if you if if as you know, uh, you know our podcasts uh, d- 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 derive a lot from audience participation, uh, feedback from our fellow fans. Uh, I think they have microphones set up in the audience. If not, we can probably scream it out. Uh, but like, uh, we're going to talk for ten minutes, fifteen minutes or so about the season, and we'll probably have some audience participation if you guys uh, feel up to it. So, are you excited? I'm super excited. Are you guys excited? <laughs> All right. What, uh, what, what do we want to talk about? Uh, maybe we should talk about the things we're most excited for, like the coolest things we think could happen in Season 7. I've got a couple of ideas. I'm excited because in Season 1, I was not a book reader. And, you know, there's so many shocking deaths and the idea that anybody could die. Uh, is so interesting and it's so unusual when you see that in television. There's real stakes in every scene. Like, good God, they can even kill Ned Stark. Uh, and then between seasons one and two, I read the books. And I experienced it all in the written form, but ever since then on the show, it's like I, I kind of wasn't surprised about any of the deaths. I had all that under my belt. Uh, and then last season, they kind of went beyond the books. But still, you know, you knew they were gonna, they're going to bring back Jon Snow. They probably weren't going to kill Danny. I feel like in the last 13 episodes, we're back to where anyone, maybe everyone, could die. And that both terrifies me and excites me. Yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff happening north of the wall that is scary for the characters we love. Yeah. Uh, for a good chunk of them, too. Yeah. Uh, so I'm kind of excited to see that. My, uh, a theory that I came up with on day one that I don't know if I've heard anywhere else uh, is that maybe Arya could get Littlefinger's face and use that in some way, maybe to kill Cersei. I mean, there is a relationship there. Uh, and I've just been noodling on that and thinking about it, and it sounds freaking awesome. Well, that would require Arya to kill Littlefinger first. Oh, so I'm totally cool with that. That's the best part of that theory. <laughs> yeah. Uh, someone in the panel before this, I think it was the Miltos uh, panel, that said uh, maybe uh, Arya would use Sansa's face to get in close to Littlefinger. That, and then... Oh, kill Sansa too? Uh, well, that's the thing. We don't really know if you have to die to have a face used. That's like, you know. I think that's fair. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot we don't know about the faceless man's magic. That's true. 
but yeah, Littlefinger. I, I just can't even imagine like this stubby little Arya with Littlefinger's face, like a mini me version of Littlefinger. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> uh, the other thing I'd say, um, as a, Tyrion's my favorite character in the books and on the television show, uh, certainly. It looks like if you look at the trailers that he's going to get to visit Casterly Rock and do more than just clean out its plumbing. Uh, you know, and, and, and that's, that's pretty exciting. You know, the, the Lannisters have been this malignant force in the, in the universe uh, uh, ever since season one. And it's going to be really cool to get to see them uh, kind of served out. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, if that's like Casterly Rock or something, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, I hope, honestly, that Elena gets some kind of revenge on Cersei, because last season, obviously, uh, she, Cersei kind of got her whole family. There needs to be some justice there, I would hope, although it's Martin, so there might not be any justice. Um, but I, I'm really rooting for her going into season seven. The thing that scares me is, you know, we've got these two trailers, and I agree. Uh, it was really excited, exciting to see Lady Olena with the sand snakes and Severus coming out of the woodworks with the fire and blood speech. Uh, get your heart pumping. But uh, they're not in the trailers, not even a bit. The sand, there is a, there's a sand snake loving up on Yara. Yeah. Um, but other than that, they're, they're, not, they're not in it. So I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that, uh, especially since it seems like um, Cersei might be focused on those enemies she knows about through the South, uh, yeah. that they might, they, they might get uh, teamed up and be the first to go. Yeah, could be. Uh, I don't know. I think the battle for the throne, um, and specifically to take Cersei off of it, is probably going to last longer than just a few episodes. So probably. someone is going to get their revenge on Cersei because pretty much everybody holds a grudge against her. Right. Uh, could be Arya. Could be Elena. Could be. Uh, I mean, Danny doesn't really hold a grudge, I guess, against her. She's just like, that's my throne. I want it. Right. So that's some of the coolest parts in the the trailer to see her land on Dragonstone for the first time. Yeah. Her her home. And, you know, touch the soil and walk. There's a scene where she sees Stannis Baratheon's banner and she rips it down. Uh-huh. And uh, I thought that, that, that table. was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, she that, runs her hand along the table. The That's Aegon cool. the Conqueror carved and painted himself uh, of this, this united Westeros. That's uh, uh, some, chill, this, some chilling stuff. Stuff she's, yeah. been, she's been waiting for for a long time. Stuff that we as fans have been waiting for for a long, long time. But Danny's been across the narrow sea. For a long time, yeah, she has. Uh, so, so it's almost like uh, we're in her head. Like what she's feeling is what what we're we're feeling. Yeah, I think maybe the other thing that I would like to see that I feel like we were teased with last season that never came to fruition is a battle with Jamie. Um, you know, there, there was that one back in the day against Rob, but we didn't get to see that. Uh, we also didn't get to see the one that I hoped would happen in River Run versus the Blackfly- Blackfish. The Blackfish. The Blackfish. That guy's worse than the blackfish. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm hoping that this season, based on the uh, previews, we actually get to see Jamie in battle. I'm, but I'm, I'm nervous, too, because uh, I've always, ever since I've read the books, like, you know, it, it's amazing that Martin and the, the Double Ds can do something so heinous, like have a, a character just ca- cavalierly throw a child out of a tower, and then three, two, two, three seasons later, like, yeah, he's not all bad. Yeah, he's not a bad guy, and and you kind of want to see him be redeemed, but he's still in the trailer. It seems like he's fighting on the wrong side and charging with the lance against Danny's armies. I'm not saying he's going to win. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I just hope he's just not like a you know a, a, like a like a little bacon bit for for Drogon. That's the thing. He's been such just like this ball of potential all series, right? Like you hear, oh, greatest swordsman in Westeros, right? hand chopped off well there goes that now he's this great military uh general uh well no we're actually not going to show you any of that and he's just going to use Edmir. Mm-hmm. like i, I want to see him actually fight a battle yeah um the other stuff is like the you know seeing danny's dragons at full power yeah. like yeah. and the fact that i've, I've heard that this season's just going to be battle after battle spectacle after spectacle uh, and just how badass her dragons look. Yeah. Um, you know, they've gone from the little tiny, like, you know, crow-sized things to the, like, pelican-sized hunting fish at sea and torching them to what they are now, and it's, 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 it's going to be really cool. Yeah, I, I can't wait. This, the trailer looked awesome. Um, so the other, uh, the only thing that I'm, 
I was amazed when I saw both trailers. The first trailer, I was like, okay, well, they're not going to show so much. And the second trailer is it seems like, because, you know, we only got 13 episodes left. Um, but this story is not about really who sits on the Iron Throne. It's about how are they going to band together and fight the White Walkers? How are they going to turn back to other? And it seems like the, a lot of the trailer is devoted to still the, the war for the Iron Throne. Who's going to rule the Seven Kingdom? And, you know, only Davos is saying in voiceover, it doesn't matter who gets sits if it's a skeleton or whatever he says. Um, yeah, I, I just, do you, do you think that they're going to push all that to the second half? A, a lot of it, yeah. What do you think so. about the rumors we've heard that they're, uh, we're not going to get more Game of Thrones until like late 2018, maybe even 2019? They're pulling a Westworld on us. Uh, I mean, you know, with the epic scale that they've got going in these last two seasons, I think that's probably wise. It's probably going to take them a long time to film, a long time to do the special effects. Um, and maybe they want to drag it out a little bit to get to the whatever kind of spinoff they're doing uh, with these other series that are rumored. Uh, but, I, I mean, as a fan, it's going to suck because we have to wait a year and a half, two years to get the season after this one. But, you know, if that makes the show better, if that makes it what they want it to be, I say go for it. Do you think we're going to see some major deaths this season? Yeah, I do. Actually, I was going to say um, some of the White Walker stuff probably will happen this season because if you look in the trailers, um, there's a lot of stuff up north with John. You can tell it's all snowy and he's got Tormund there and he's got potentially the Hound with him, um, maybe some other people. So I, I think there is going to be some clashing with the White Walkers, but I, it's probably going to be more focused on the, the Iron Throne for now. Do you think Cersei makes out of the season live? No. No, I think somebody's probably going to sit on the iron throughout this season, do you aside think, from Cersei. Do you think Euron Greyjoy makes it out alive? He might be the one to sit on the throne temporarily. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know. I feel like that at the end of this seven-episode run that all of the non-frozen antagonists will kind of be dealt with. To leave room for next season to be all about, uh, you know, the, the, the battle to, to ward off the Long Night. Um, and also, like, I, I hope they save more than just, like, the last five minutes of the last episode for, like, either the happy ending or, or you know, to show some peace and stability or, you know, mm -hmm. some, something about what happens next. Because, um, you know, it, it sounds like the place, no matter what happens, is going to be a mess. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the people that, that we've cared about for all these years are going to be left, you know, scarred. Um, or emotionally or physically, and the lands are going to be devastated, and and the people are going to be uh, going through a lot of hardship. And there's a lot of answers. Like one of my favorite pet theories is that when Danny says she's going to break the wheel, um, you know, there's going to be essentially no one sitting on the Iron Throne. There's going to be some kind of parliamentary style democracy that she institutes. And I would like to. I mean, maybe I'm a giant giant political nerd that way but i'd like to see how that actually shakes out or like to see evidence of that because you know whether whoever sits the iron throne if it's danny or if it's john or if it's euron or if it's Tyrion or anybody um whether they're a good ruler or a wise ruler um you just don't know the next in their line and the next in their line you could end up with a you know another generation or two right back in the same same shit that we've had uh, you know, just alternating between wise kings and bad kings and mad kings. And uh, the, if, if Danny really wants to break the wheel, I feel like she's got to put an end to that. And um, I would like to see some time devoted to, to that in the series as well. Yeah, if that does happen, um, it'd also be interesting to see what the people think about it because, you know, one of the trademarks of Danny's uh, conquering spree here has been that the people aren't always behind her, right? She, she kind of makes mistakes. And I think she's learned a lot from those mistakes, but. I don't know how the people of Westeros will react to having no king. Mm. Um, so what, what else do you want to talk about? Is there, anybody, there's any audience participation? Or you guys, guys got any questions you'd like to ask us about the show or whatever? Uh, we, can, we can take those. I did want to ask you a couple more questions, too. Yeah, um, I just wanted to prime the pump because uh, I can't yeah, tell yeah. if there's anybody standing here if there's <laughs> microphones or what. So yeah. Um, yeah, I guess... If, if they're either microphones, stand at those or hold up your hand or something. Oh, there oh they're go. setting up the microphones now. Um, so the other thing with Arya is I really hope she hooks back up with Nymeria. That's, that's one of my fondest hopes. I think, okay, I'm not in the minority there. Yeah, I mean, 
Namiria is apparently like a bloodthirsty direwolf, but who doesn't like the doggos and seeing a girl reunited with her with her doggy? That's gonna be that's gonna be that's gonna be happy. Yeah, that's gonna be really nice. Uh, and John's heritage, do you think you'll find anything out about that? That's a good question. It seems like um, there's been some shots of, of Bran in his little Professor X wheelchair that where he might be in uh, in Winterfell. Uh, yeah, I feel like the, the 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 Fox and Marvel have a copyright infringement there. He's got a you know a kid with te- telepathy, telepathic powers, in a wheelchair. I mean, if he loses his hair, that's 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 open and shut. <laughs> um, but I, you know, that's that's the other thing. Like the Miria side, like it seems like there's going to be a stark reunion. That Bran and John and Sansa and Arya are all going to be converging on the same spot, and only two of those people know that they're still alive. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, Sansa and Arya back together. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, Bran, um, well, John finding out that Bran's still alive and what that, you know, that. I mean, there's. There's also some political questions there because, you know, Bran would have a better claim to the to the to, to the king of the north right. yeah. situation. It seems like that's already a done deal. I don't know if you can be like, oh, well, we made you king, but you know, here's your here's a little little brother. Um, but I, that's I, I, to answer your question, we know that Bran knows, mm-hmm. and Bran's going to Winterfell. I would think that they that would be something that they could ex- explain. I didn't. Have, yeah. That's I don't. I would. I would hate to write that scene. Like, uh, hey, John, you know, uh, you're actually the, a secret Targaryen princeling. Uh, you weren't a bastard after all. Sorry about all that. You know, having to sit at the the, the, the way back in the, the the Stark dining hall anytime someone important came by. Um, but that's going to need a little little bit of finesse. Yeah. Uh, and Littlefinger's still in the mix at Winterfell. I think that's the scariest thing of all. You know, he could end up turning family on each other. Man, I I think Sansa's put her her stupid Stark days behind her. Um, and there's a lot of evidence, like that that quote she has in a trailer about where she recites what Ned says about uh, you know the the wolf in the winter dies, but the pack survives. I can't believe that Littlefinger, after all the shit he's pulled is going to possibly be able to hoodwink her into betraying John or anybody else that has uh, Stark blood running through their veins. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems like all the wolves are going to, going, to, going to get in one pack, and they're not going to be able to be split up, and that's that. Yeah, that, that's what I want to see, honestly. Uh, the other cool thing from the trailers is the mountain's new armor. What do you make of that? How, how do you feel about it? I think the the design of the armor itself is kind of dumb. I don't like the helmet. I think that the, the, the helmet on the, the 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 mountain makes him look like a circumcised penis. <laughs> uh, You're not wrong. A, a, a big one at that. I do like the <laughs> I do like the the, the motif that is on us. Like that they've that the Cersei's crown is like front and center on there. And yeah. Um, they've 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 always had the Kingsguard's armor kind of shift in the time to see the the, the change how you know which king is sitting on the throne. Their, their armor designs are a little bit different, but this is I don't know. It's a little bit of uh, you know uh, imperial. Uh, the the armor's darker. It's not as quite as like you know golden and and yeah. and, uh, and and pure. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like I said I'm not crazy about design, but I do like the the motif. And who knows? It's it's also when you see him in action, when you see him moving around, it might it might look a lot better. Yeah, uh, probably good for the the blows glancing off your head, though. I right. Mean, it's kind of tough to hit him in that. Also, I remember thinking the Lannister's armor looked dumb too. The, like the, the little double Venetian blind doors yeah, when I first yeah. saw it, but then like it's grown on me. Like the, the the when you see them all like in a unit marching down with their banners, it's it's cool. Yeah. Um, the one other thing I think we haven't talked about from the trailers is what Melisandre's up to. And I think uh, they've, they've done a pretty good job, although at the time it was very confusing. Like, why would Varys and Tyrion be getting into bed with the, the Red Priestess, right? Um, it seemed like a bad idea given what we were witnessing with Cersei and the Sparrows, uh, the Faith Militant. But I think what they were trying to do there is set up this idea that maybe Melisandre could be coming back to meet up with Danny, meet up with Tyrion, and she could somehow help them because she's, you know, she has this constant mistaken identity for the prince that was promised. And I think the next logical person to glom onto here is probably Danny. 
Yeah, I mean, she's she's on John, not John Snow, but then he banished her, and you know, uh, if you're all about fire and uh, you know the night being full of terrors, then you can't get more fiery and full of terror than a dragon. Um, and I, I I agree. I think it's a long time coming, but it does seem like she's going to switch to that side. Um, yeah. It's it's also an interesting question. This what's what's Danny and John going to do? when they actually meet up because it seems like you know danny's going to be in the south she's she takes Dragonstone, dragonstone and then goes to the crown lands and then john's going to be um I, you, that's other things does john actually march south because he knows the real war is up at the wall yeah it seems to me based on the trailers that he's going to go north so i just wonder how what their meeting is going to be like and it seems like some of the stuff in the trailer where he's talking about we have to unite instead of you know put aside all these old you know uh, rivalries and stuff is aimed at someone like danny but you know danny didn't come across the the narrow sea to settle for six kingdoms right she wants the whole thing and uh she has she has no idea the stuff that's going on with the with the whites and and the the broader struggle here so it's going to be a big shifting of gears for her really quickly yeah it's actually hard for me to see how they would meet up this season exactly because we know danny is headed for uh conquest right Right. going to king's landing she wants the throne uh break the wheel but john doesn't seem to be headed that way john seems to be far more concerned with what's coming from the north so we may not even get a Danny John reunion this season. I don't know. Right. I mean, John could honestly just be like, you know what? We're just taking everybody up to the wall. Uh, you know, Dan, if you want to, you want to chase us up there, great. Because then, you know, whether you end up killing us or joining <laughs> us, at least you'll see what you're at, what you're facing. Yeah. Do you do you um do you buy the theory that Brand's going to destroy the wall? Accidentally, yeah, I think so. So you think he's going to cross the wall? There's going to be some kind of magical conflict, and well, uh, what do you mean by destroy? I think he's going to destroy the thing that's keeping the walkers out. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily just going to crumble. Oh, because I was thinking like the walls of Jericho kind of. Well, I mean, like you you see what happens at the cave, right? Once the the ward is broken, the spell, then the White Walkers are essentially able to crumble it into Mm. dust. So I think they might be the cause of that. I don't think Bran's going to necessarily be the one that. Because if it demolishes it, if it's just a magical ward, it's like, are we going to get like a World War Z kind of twinkle on the wall, (laughs) wave of ice zombies come up and break over the Uh seven hundred foot high wall? I don't know. That would be interesting. Hey, everybody! Real quick before we get to the rest of the podcast, we have a few things that we want to do for this upcoming season. Uh, Some of those things are going to be awesome for us. Um, We can get your support and uh, help out Bald Move a little bit. Some of them are going to be awesome for you. For instance, let's start with what I think is the most exciting thing. We're doing a club sale. This is the first time we've ever done a sale price on the club. Oh, boy. Uh, it's, it's Everything as... must go. We are we are full up to the rafters with no, memberships. No, it doesn't mean we're hurting. It doesn't mean we uh, desperately No, I'm saying we, we're, we're, we're overstocked. We're like, oh, I've been right. sitting on these club memberships in a makeshift Why do we throne. buy so many club memberships? And, and why in this day are we doing physical, like, you know, do we, do we have boxes? Like, this should be <laughs> right. done digitally. I mean, it's Yeah, we burn crazy. a box. Every time somebody buys a subscription, we burn a box of subscriptions. It's the only way it works. Uh, Anyway, so if you want to get in on this sale, what, uh, the details are essentially we've got a yearly sale going on. Um, if you sign up for a year, you can get 25% off, which works out to about saving a dollar a month, which makes your subscription like three bucks a month. So it's going to cost 36 bucks. I feel like I'm, I'm doing this an injustice. And if we don't move them all out by, by July 31st, the tax man comes and takes them all. He does, yeah. It's, it's, it's Christmas in July. <laughs> Drogon special, tax relief, boxing day at Bald Move. Yeah, so you just go to the normal club.baldmove.com page, and there you'll see sort of instructions on it. You hit the sign-up button, uh, and you put in the coupon code GOT2017. Uh, it's real easy, and you'll see the discount show up in your cart for that yearly subscription. takes it from 48 to 36 uh, Bring a little, Bring a little July Christmas cheer to your, <laughs> your cart. Taking 12 bucks right out of her pocket. Yeah. And you keep it in your own. Yeah, so that's awesome. Uh, we've also got a Libsyn survey going on. We've had a little bit of trouble selling ads on this podcast because of its seasonal nature. By the time we're ready, when we know the date that Game of Thrones is coming back, it's too late. They've already sold all the ads. Uh, they've burnt all the box ads. It's like when you show up at a store in July expecting to get a swimsuit and it's all mittens and flannels yeah. because, like, well, obviously you were supposed to buy 
you're, in the you're, dead you're of winter. swimsuit yeah. in February, you idiot. That's yeah. how we're, it's like, you know. Right, so we're late to the party on that. And one of the things that could help us out with that is to take a demographic survey for us. And our host, Libsyn, uh, who runs all our ads, is doing one right now. If you go to survey.libsyn.com slash BMGOT, you can t- fill the survey out. It's it's like three questions. It's super short. Like, uh, How old are you? How old are you? What kind of bits you got? <laughs> how much money do you make? Uh-huh. I think that's not digital bits, right? I'm yeah, whatever. Ones or zeros. That's All what right. it is. They should know. You've gave, you've given them their your bits at that point. Yeah. What 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 bits do you identify with? That's what they want to know. But yeah, that would help us out uh, a lot in selling ads on the podcast. Um, and then the final thing is we we announced this on a couple of shows uh, a season ago. Um, it's a partnership with company called TV Time and it's a it's an app that you get on your phone and essentially what it does is lets you kind of uh catalog all your TV watching um is one of the cool features and then uh you can go in and say hey I've watched this show I've watched this show and it can tell you how much time you've spent watching TV which you may or may not want to know Yeah that's that's I don't know if I needed that gamification it's to cool, tell though. me exactly how pathetic my life is No but, uh, no or how awesome your life is And it's unreported awesome because the, it doesn't know I watched these shows 2 3 times either That's true yeah like, um, I would just like put it through the roof The other cool thing it does is it notifies you of upcoming uh, shows that you are subscribed to. So, yeah. like for Game of Thrones right now, it would say six days to go right uh, before Game of Thrones comes out. Which... And it, it stays really current. Like, I, that's one of the things uh, I really like it for because uh, scheduling for Bald Move is the devil yeah. itself. And it has up to the minute um, news as far as like when things are premiering. So, we can, it, it's a lot easier to jockey that schedule. And uh, also, they partnered with some people, such as us, to mm-hmm. uh, surface content relevant to your interests so if you're if you subscribe to game game of thrones a tv show uh you you might have suggested game of thrones the bald move podcast show yeah and they have like millions of people who are subscribed to that thing and they've got like an active community on there where you can talk with other fans of the shows uh it's pretty cool i'm using it personally to keep track of all my my shows that i'm both watching and the ones that are upcoming uh right now we have an affiliate link going on with them um for people to to go sign up and just download the app. It's free. Uh, you can check it out with without paying anything. If you go to tvtime.baldmove.com, it takes you right over to the page where uh, you can get the app. There's so much I don't know about because I think there's this um, kind of cognitive dissonance in the fandom where we've been watching the same show that's, that's you know, it does have its fantastic elements, but it's also, you know, uh, a lot about, you know, political things and alliances, but yet we're all looking to see who's going to be the prince's promise with his magic sword that he's going to, like, you know, hold it aloft and, like, you know, it's just going to be, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark style, just burn, burn holes in all the White Walkers' bellies and that's it. But I never thought that that was, would be a very... Game of Thronesy ending. So, what is it actually going to look like? Is it going to be <laughs> single combat between Jon Snow and a White Walker? Is there going to be some kind of crazy magic sword deal, or what? What's, it's what's it's going to be a circle of walkers standing around him, coming one at a time at him, <laughs> and he's just going to fend them American all off. American Ninja style, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, yeah, you know, it's how it goes in the movies. What can I say? Uh, the other thing if that that's, I think... if that how it is, I don't see what's taking George so long. <laughs> it's like, pretty just, easy just, to write just, that. Uh, yeah. yeah, done deal. Yeah. That one's free, George. Next one I charge you. Uh, there's also the Clash at Sea, which I think is is shown in the previous, which I, we're getting it from all angles, right? The air, the sea, the land, everything is coming together in this final season, or in this second to last season, to be freaking awesome. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. There's um, one of the guys I did a panel with that does the uh, poor Quentin, is Emmett Booth. Um, he had this idea that I, I really liked about... Um, Euron being the kind of human emissary for the White Walkers, like that's like his going to be his faith in the books, okay. and um, I don't know that the, 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 that's a cool idea because why else would you introduce Euron? He's got to have some kind of big big role in the, the television series going forward, so he would be kind of like a, a locutus of Borg kind of figure that that uh, decides like he he tries to join cersei and that doesn't work out so he uses takes the ships and flees to the north and and uh you know tries tries to sur- tries to get power that way um and he made this case that he's got like this magical background and he's got a whole bunch of really interesting uh things to say about it but essentially that you know he's just crazy enough to think something like that might work mm-hmm. 
he's like Lex Luthor dealing with General Zod and wanting to make a real estate deal with them. You know? Right. It's like, not, not really counting the cost there. You got anything else we want to talk about? Or should we should we get to some some, some audience interaction? Uh, yeah, let's bring the audience in. All right, we have we have, looks like we got some up. people lined up. Shoot. Hi, my name is Kate. I've been listening to you guys for like ever. So. Oh really hi, hi, Kate. <laughs> um, my question is: You guys talked about death and how there's going to be a lot of death this season. Who do you think's the first to go? My personal one, I have two. One I'm really happy about. One I'm sad. One is Peter Baelish. I want him to go better than anybody. <laughs> And the other one is Grey Worm. I have a really sinking fear that he's going to be the first one to die in a big battle. So what do you guys mm. think? I think if, 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 uh, the, uh, between those two options, I, I think Littlefinger might be the first to go. I can see him going because he's, he's still playing the old game. And there's only 13 episodes left. There's not a whole lot of time to play that game. And I think he's going to try to pull this manipulation stuff with the Northerners, and it's just not going to work. So, um, and, and, and Grey Worm, he's an interesting case, too, because you've seen the trailers, this uh, kind of uh, asexual tension between him and uh, Miss Andy has been growing, and it looks like it's, it's going to blossom into something. I, I, I don't know what that is. Is going to be an intense cuddle sesh? Or, you know, it's going to be just, like, just really, really focused on the, 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 the woman? Um, and because they never like in, in the show, they never answered the question of whether it's you know just a pillar or just a stones or pillar and stones. Um, so it, it's like I don't know. Like, is that going to be uh, HBO? Like, like, like uh, they've lost some ground in the sex games. I feel like American Gods came, and you know they they showed them what real erotic. So they're just going to get into like what eunuch sex is going to be like. That's how they get the... I mean, is going to come in and be like, let me show you how it's done, son. <laughs> I've, been working, I've been working this unit game a long time. Uh, there are a lot more Unsullied than there are Varuses. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Based on the trailers, I think there's a good chance that it could be Grey Worm because um, he seems to be going into the battle, or at least the Unsullied seem to be going into battle, uh, which makes sense given what Danny's doing. So, yeah, it, it's possible that that is kind of like... The, the scene we see of them kissing is sort of the last moment we get with between the two of them. Possible. But I'm also with you. Littlefinger's got to go eventually. He cannot. The, of the, all the people who cannot survive, he's number one. That I mean, would be a very Game of Thronesy thing to like, have, like, you know, the, both of these, these characters, their first love that they're allowed to have because they've been slaves oh, their whole yeah. life. Uh, and they find this, like, little, little pocket of happiness amidst this, this war, and then it's snuffed out. Yeah. Yay, Game of Thrones. Thanks, guys. Welcome. Hey, guys, my question is about Arya's list. So I know there's two people left, I think just two, which would be the Mountain and Cersei. Is there anybody else on her list, I don't think? Just those two? Well, she didn't kill the Hound. She right. left him for but dead. Is, I don't is know if he still counts. on her list? That's right, the question. because she yeah. had that conversation with Jack and Hagar that right. you know he smacked her on the hand and said you know that that was a lie basically that she wanted him to die. Right, right, right. Yeah, she'd be kind of an asshole if she killed the hound at this point. Right, <laughs> right. And the, the other part of that is there was a scene where Arya was watching the play. And right. she was watching that take place, and she saw that Joffrey had died. And that's been about the only point of information she's had was that play. And she saw Tyrion, you know, acting horribly toward her sister Sansa. So do you think that there might be a possibility of some um, anger towards Tyrion? It depends. That's a great point, because the stuff she saw in that play was, was none, too, none too good for, for Tyrion. Uh, that was, some, that was some, uh, uh, some, some real propaganda, some fake news. Um, <laughs> I, it depends on whether she goes to Winterfell first or she goes south to settle scores. Uh, if she goes to Winterfell first, then I, I don't think she does. But if she, before, like, and, and this, the logical reason for that is, like, you know, I want to get all my work done before I go see my family again. And then, you know, if, if, I, if I go see my family, then I've, then, I've, then I've done all the stuff I need to do, and then, then I can rejoin my family and be fine. But, um, yeah, what do you think, Jim? I mean, she at least has to gas up on faces on the way to King's Landing. So <laughs> Littlefinger's at Winterfell. Right. She's got to go there. Take right. that face, get to Cersei. Yeah. 
And she could do a lot of damage with the the uh, she could do a lot of damage with Littlefinger's face because I think Cersei could be in a position where she's just desperate enough. Even though Littlefinger said he openly declared for the Starks, he could do you know. Right, it's a ruse. I was helping you all the time. Right, yeah. and then it's a double ruse because I'm Arya and you're dead <laughs> right. and something like that. Um, but yeah, it's like that would be a, a, that would be. A, but that's also Game of Thronesy, right? This tragedy where we know Tyrion actually was was far kinder to Sansa. And, when, and a lot, the situation is a lot more complicated, and neither one of them are happy about it, and, and I think he tried to make the best of it for her. Um, but Arya doesn't know that. If she killed uh, what we know is a a basically a good man, that would be, that'd be a tragedy. Yeah, I mean, if they do have a reunion, um, you know, Arya and Sansa before uh, she meets up with Tyrion, I think she could go pretty far in explaining how it actually was. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe, you know, Arya would have a more moderate position on him. Well, you guys are awesome. Love your podcast. We'll keep listening, and thanks for what you do for us fans. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thanks for the kind words. Hi, guys. Uh, my name's Zombie Scotty, and you mentioned the idea of what's going to happen in the next 13 episodes. I, I really, again, I think Martin has an incredible opportunity here in the sense that we've been reading all about agents and schemes and these very human-scale phenomena. And when you look at the White Walkers and you look at the dragons, you've basically got the the carbon cycle, the ice ages that we all live in. And it seems that this next season we'll probably see all these agentic schemes play out to some extent. But I think you're right. In scene seven, or excuse me, season seven, we're going to see these forces that really aren't agents, right? Fire and ice. uh, And then uh, combat each other. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see Jon Snow become the king of the White Walkers fighting fighting Daenerys because the fire and the ice have to fight each other, non-agentically. I'll leave it at that. Thanks. It's a good theory. I like it. What do you think? Uh, I don't want to see that happen, first of all. I definitely want them to be friends. But if, I mean, fire and ice are the classic uh, anti, anti each other. <laughs> Yeah, but it's the thing is, is that John's not technically ice. Like I made this joke on a panel that he's he is literally the song of ice and he's fire. More of fire. He's, he's a Targaryen, half Targaryen, half Stark. He's slush. Uh, so it'd be it'd be fire versus slush, and that's not that super satisfying. So um, I, I mean, I, I this my bias is I think that this we're ultimately going to understand that the the John John Snow is the prof- prophetic figure, and that um, I don't know what role Danny plays. Maybe. Danny ends up being the villain that she's so fixated in, in you know making what she wants happen in Westeros that she ends up not you know being able to accept that there's a uh, you know something greater than herself. I don't. I, I, it's hard to see her becoming an actual villain. Um, and and it would also I you know like you, you point out many times like you need a dragon to fight all those whites. Uh, you the, you you need something like that. It's not going to be just. You know, Valerian steel and obsidian. You need something like a little bit with a little bit more firepower to talk about to deal with the numbers of the whites that you have up there and their weakness is fire. Um, so I don't know. Like that, it would also be Game of Thrones you to see you know someone that we've admired and and we've liked and we've seen grown up and uh, and and learn how to to wield uh, power and the command end up being a villain. And you could say that about either John or Danny, but. Uh, um, I don't know. Like I said, my, my bias is I think John is, is the literal fulfillment of the, the prince that was promised in Azora, a high prophecy. So that would be, that would be a real inversion of, of Martin's own. Martin's so crazy he inverts his own prophecies, you know, subverts his own prophecies. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that he's going to do that. Hi, I'm Millie, and I'm from Nashville. Hey, and man. I actually I have two things to say. Um, one character that I haven't heard anybody really talking about dying this season is Jorah. And um, I think we've kind of, I don't want to say we've forgotten about him, but I remember seeing in this recent trailer, you see what I think, or I assume, is his arm reaching out. I don't know if he's reaching to Danny. I don't know who he's going to go talk to. But I definitely see him um, meeting his demise this season. And the other thing I wanted to say is switching to the Starks real quick. I know we all want that happy reunion moment of them all being together. And I do think Bran is going to end up being at least with Sansa or Jon. But I see Bran and Arya missing each other. I see Bran maybe missing Jon. I don't see them all being together. So just getting your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think on the Jorah thing, I mean, that's one handshake you don't want. I don't think Danny wants to reach out for that hand. But uh, I guess it depends on what you think... 
uh, Jorah's fate is going to be. You know, is he there to show us that there's the cure for, uh, much like, uh, what's her name, Shireen? Uh, is he there to be another Shireen where he can be cured um, and maybe have some kind of future with Danny? I don't know about that. It seems much more likely that he could just succumb to the grayscale because uh, it seems pretty far gone in that shot that you're mentioning. Yeah, I, I, Jorah seems very much like a, a doomed, tragic figure that uh, he's, he's, it's like a tale of two cities situation that, uh, you know, he, he might sacrifice himself or be beyond saving, but he can do something to protect the, the, the woman he loves and provides uh, uh, someone, someone with happiness that he can't have. It just seems like narratively and dramatically... Um, it would be it would be weird to see uh, you know him get cured and him live uh, happily ever after with Danny because I don't think she feels that way about him. Uh, but his arm does look does look super nasty. Now I remember it was all the rage like a year ago to think that like maybe grayscale is going to be like the secret weapon against you know because you can be like fireproof or you can't be. It turns out that being infected with grayscale means you can't be turned by the the the, the knight's king or something. That uh, doesn't seem like with 13 episodes there's enough time to introduce a convoluted plot like that. If anything, I think it'd be easier. I mean, like lizards are cold-blooded. <laughs> Just really getting a stiff dragon. Freeze. The dragons? You think they're cold-blooded? Well, is it is it dragon scale or is it just scales? It's grayscale. Okay, what does that mean? Well, I thought you said, wait, wait, I thought we were talking about grayscale. You're just yeah, throwing dragon scale at me. I threw dragon scale? You just said dragon scale. Did he not? Yeah. Okay, because I feel like I'm crazy sometimes. I know I get stuff mixed up, but damn. Yeah, I must have misspoke. I meant dragon, I, I meant, I meant dragon scale. See, he's, he's, he fucks with me. He Gray, fucks with me. It's how he keeps control. Unintentional. Grayscale. Uh, is what I meant. So what, were, what was the question? There was no question. See? Uh, what about the Starks? Um, boy, that would be a real kick in the balls if not all four Starks get to have some kind of one moment of happiness. I mean, I don't know if it has to be like Lord of the Rings style, like Sam jumping in on Frodo's bed, and oh, here's Marion Pippin, and ah, dissolve the white light. But something, something. Have a 40-minute dinner scene. <laughs> yeah, just... just uh, Throwing so, plates. They're just catching up on, you know, just exhaustively detail what they've been. You're arguing about who's had the worst life. <laughs> Yeah. You know, Sansa's like, you know, Ramsey. John's like, well, I was dead. And then Sansa's like, Ramsey. Uh, and then, you know, Bran killed Hodor, not <laughs> listening to the three eyes. They, they've all got claims. They've all got claims. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I hope not. I hope that that'd be very bittersweet. But my God, the story's already bittersweet. Yeah, I do, I do want some kind of happy moment in one of these final two seasons. This story's like 80% cacao. It needs, it needs a little bit more milk chocolate, in my opinion. All right, next. All right. Um, hi, I'm Maddie from California. Hi, and Maddie. you guys are awesome. Your bald moves my go-to for all my podcasting. So thanks, guys. You were um, with the, you. the, Weir, the Weirwood I woman. Was. All right, yeah. yeah. Yay. Nice cool. to see you. <laughs> um, yeah, so I have two questions, kind of a clarification one. Are Tyrion and Sansa still technically married since it was never consummated? And then... <laughs> She married Ramsey and was horribly consummated that marriage, and then, uh, but he got his face eaten off, so she's released from that. Um, and if they are, or even if they're not, do you think that Sansa would be up for marriage, even to consolidate power at this point, or do you think she's going to pull an Elizabeth I and just be like, I've seen what marriage has done to people, or to women in this world, and I am done with that crap. I've seen what marriage has done to me. Um, what, do, what do you think? Are they still married? I mean, I'm I, mean no I don't think so. I don't know that they were ever technically married in the parlance of Game of Thrones. Right. Like I said, I'm no Septon, but I think you broke it down pretty compelling there that uh, they were married. It wasn't consummated, which is an important kind of medieval justice concept. And then, uh, you know, Ramsey swooped in there and, and, and uh, was, was fucking Ramsey. Um, so I would say no. And whether, I mean, I guess I, I want Sansa to be happy. So, like, if she after all this is said and done, finds her knight in shining armor. She certainly deserves that, deserves to have someone be kind to her. Um, are, you, are, you, are you a Tyrion Sansa? Are you going with the Tyrion Sansa shipping angle? or? Uh, I love Tyrion, so whatever Tyrion wants to do, I'm behind. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. My gut says that it's closer to the Elizabethan thing than it is her going to find her uh, Jean-Cole or whatever the guy I feel like that's the way Danny's going, too. 
I know a lot of people are saying, oh, who's she going to marry? How is she going to consolidate this That's power? That's because you're not a book don't, reader. You don't, you're not, no. you're not w- looking for her third love to come down the pike. No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm looking for her to be awesome, frankly. But as I said, the, you know, and the, that's the other thing is the show is ever more becoming different. Well, there are no books. Um, you know, the, the, the show has become an original feature, and the books are some sort of adapted screenplay thing. Um, so I guess it, it doesn't matter what, what George wanted at this point because it's going to be whatever the double D's can hammer out. Yeah, and they don't have like a mil- they don't have like ten years to take off and, and finish it. So, uh, quick and dirty. Yeah, yeah. Hi guys. Um, just uh, about the marriage question. I think the fact that it was never consummated, and that Tyrion basically abandoned her by leaving the country, would probably just have the marriage dissolved. Um, but my question actually is about Sansa and uh, her relationship with Jon. It's been kind of teased in the trailers, and I think some of the commentaries by the Double Ds that there's definitely some animosity between her and Jon uh, as far as feeling that she was looked over when Jon was declared King of the North. Um, how do you think that's going to play out this season? I think Littlefinger is going to be the person pushing that agenda pretty hard to try and divide them. Uh, but honestly, I don't think it's going to work. I think with all the stuff we've seen... Uh, in the trailer about her and the, the, the pack being stronger than the lone wolf. I think that's very much the angle she's going to take this season. Um, it would be interesting if... if so, so I got a couple thoughts in here. Number one, showrunners lie. They lie big time. Uh, marketing efforts are all about lies and misdirections because they're not going to sit there and be like, oh, here's how it's going to go down. Um, I mean, you remember Kit Harrington insisting, swearing up and down that, oh, no, I'm, su- I'm dead. Super dead. Still keeping the Jon Snow haircut, but I'm super dead. Um, so, I, th- I man, I got so wrapped up in my Jon Snow thoughts, I forgot what the question was. <laughs> well, seriously, what, 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 where was I going with this, man? I, I don't know where you were going with it. Oh, they lie. Oh, yeah, they lie. So, um, there, the, the other thought I have, if I wanted to put on that hat and kind of, like, be devious, is if Bran shows up, and Arya shows up, and now Sans is like, well, I got my true Starks. And John, you know, he's been an all right guy, but he is the bastard. And, you know, this is my father, this is my, this is our ancestral home. I can see her being, I mean, that, that's a, kind of a shallow, stupid Sansa thing to do, but I, I really hope she's over that. And, and then that way, like, I could see her, like, you know, trying to betray John and, and saying that, that wolf speech as a way to make a distinction between the pack, which is the true Starks, and the lone wolf, which was, is, is, is John, who at that point maybe even has gone north to die beyond the wall. But, I mean, that just fundamentally makes Sansa a much more unlikable character, and her arc has been this very foolish child um, that's been traumatized and, and, and had her metal tested and come through as, as someone that has, you know, some wisdom and, uh, and, and some, some leadership qualities of her own. So I, I hope not, but I, like I said, I can definitely see some angles where that would, that would be satisfying. Thank you. I just have one, one final comment on Littlefinger. Uh, he's basically the Frank Underwood of Game of Thrones and that basically his entire power structure is based on a lie he was the one who poisoned John Aaron, and he's the one who married Lissa Aaron and pushed her out the moon door and told everyone, everyone he, fit, he fell. I know in the books uh, there was a scene that when he was trying to get the lords to declare him the lord of the veil that they were, some of them were kind of uncertain about it. He basically buffaloed them into doing so, but Sansa is a witness to the fact that he murdered her aunt. And I'm thinking that's basically, an, that's basically a weakness he's been carrying around with him this entire time. And his entire power structure in the north are those knights of the veil, and it... What do you think of the idea that Sansa could be the one that w- would convince the knights that, hey, they're following the guy who basically murdered her rightful, their rightful lord and lady? Well, first of all, on the, the House of Cards note, um, I'm thinking, like, the final scene of this season is going to be Sansa looking direct at the camera and saying, my turn. Uh, <laughs> and only, only the three people that actually seen this season of House of Cards knows what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, that's, that is uh, certainly a possibility because she's got... In, in the same way that Littlefinger's had these trump cards over everybody's head, like, you know, Jan Royce gets uppity, and he's like, well, guess what? I've got, uh, you know, Sweet Robin wrapped around my finger, and you're going to go fly through the moon door. And suddenly, you know, Jan Royce sits down. Um, Sansa's got that over him. And also, she's in, a, she's in a very sympathetic audience. Like, if she drops that card, nobody's going to be like, oh, pff, what does she know? Everyone's going to be like, yeah, get this guy. So that's, 
Especially uh, if she gets to do Robin with that information. Right. Uh, I think Robin's the most attached to his mother of it. Right. <laughs> but she's also got, I mean, that's the thing, like, she's got the choice between a handgun, a grenade, and a rocket launcher. She's got uh, John. She could, she could have John murder him uh, for just about any reason you could name. Uh, she could have Arya murder him for about, you know, for, for many, many reasons. You could have Sweet Robin throw him through the moon door. Like, she's got... She's, she, she, this guy's got, like, so many swords dangling over his head. And I think that's... If, if you see him in these trailers, I feel like there's a little hint, and this might be my imagining, but there's, there's a little bit of hint of, like, the first time we've seen Littlefinger afraid. That, like, he... he this, this picture that he's had is getting fuzzy and not getting out of focus. And this is probably our last question. We've got, we got, like, one or two minutes left. Yep. I'm Melissa from Charlotte, North Carolina. And I wanted to ask about the relationship between Jamie and Tyrion. I know that Jamie obviously helped Tyrion escape when he was accused of killing Joffrey, but I recall a scene where Bronn was training with Jamie and said something about Tyrion, and then Jamie said, He killed my father. I better never see him again. And now Tyrion is headed to Westeros, siding with Daenerys. And as far as we know, Jamie is on Cersei's side. So how do you think things in their relationship might play out? Yeah, I think there's going to be a big problem when they meet back up, if they meet back up. Uh, I, I take Jamie at his word when he says, you know, he killed our father. Uh, next time I see him, I'll kill him myself. Uh, absolutely. If, if he meets up with Tyrion, I think Tyrion is going to have... He's going to need Grey Worm to step in and protect him, even without Jamie's. Uh, fighting hand it's it's tough because um Tyrion and Jamie both have reason that they, they both have uh, a lot of underlying affection but they also have good reasons to hate each other at this point uh but on the other hand there's also if you're you know a, a book reader there's that part of the prophecy that they haven't mentioned on the show what strongly implies that uh you know uh, uh Cersei's going to meet her 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 uh, her end at the hands of a little brother um, which could be Tyrion. That's what certainly she's been fixated this whole time. Or it, it, it could be it could be Jamie. And I think the more dramatically interesting thing is for that to be Jamie. So that's one of the things I think one of the interesting, delicious things about this season is like how is that all going to play out? And it's very it's very difficult to see because we're so far beyond the books that it's essentially whatever you think could happen is going to happen until we see it validated on the screen. So that's the things that I think is the the, or the balance between there, the fact that. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're definitely they're, they're, the, Cersei's going to die. The, the the narratively dramatically interesting ways for her to die would be at the hands of you know one of her Lannister kin, and yet also the Lannister kin themselves have kind of. Um, but you know, how much of that is actual real, and how much of that is the situation they're put in? Um, you know, Jamie and Tyrion were put through a very unusual situation. Uh, and not just that, but their whole lives and all those situations were have in common are they're architected by their father. So is that something that, you know, Jamie said because it's something he, he really believed in his heart? Or is that something he said because, you know, it's easy to blame Tyrion for everything going to shit and his kids dying and the estrangement between, between him and Cersei and, and the fact that, you know, they're not having their happy ever after golden haired Lannister future. So, all right. I think that's it. Thanks everybody yeah, for coming. Yeah, thanks everybody out. for coming. Enjoy the last couple Hope of panels. Hope you had a really good con. Yeah. Everybody, be safe on your travels home. All right, that was the 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 con preview podcast. Uh, thanks everybody who showed up and attended and asked great questions. That was awesome to meet all of you. Uh, and again, uh, if the internet only people. Your chance to be heard is coming up. Game of Thrones or GOT at baldmove.com. Uh, send your feedback in for a podcast coming out later this week. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about first, first half will just be general questions and we get a little bit of spoilery uh, towards the end. Um, what else we get? That's it, man. I'm super excited for this season. It looks like it's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah, from everything I, I've read and seen and, and, and heard talked about in a slightly insider way, it seems like they're ju- it's just going to be spectacle. Yeah. It's just going to be big, massive, jaw-dropping things happening this season. And it's seven episodes. Uh, you know, Some of those episodes are super, super length. Um, it's it's going to be exciting. Uh, yeah. I, I I I can't wait. I mean, the wait for Game of Thrones has been unusually long. 
so we'll we'll see. It's 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 a really it's such a weird situation. The fact that we still haven't gotten another book out, and uh, you know, one of the things I thought was interesting about this con is that several times I asked whether people thought that uh, you know, show of hands, whether people thought we're going to get uh, a, a satisfying end to the book series. Period, and like like under ten percent of people at the con were saying that they yeah. did think that. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we're even further off the edge of the map as far as book reader knowledge goes. And uh, who the hell knows? There's a, It's the double Ds. Double Ds. They're the only ones that know. And uh, we're going to get the first half of their final salvo coming up this weekend. Yeah. Jesus, I, it's I, happening this weekend, man. It's really close. <laughs> uh, I had no problem with the stuff they did in season six. So. Right. You know, even though they're off the map, I'm ready. No, I thought ready season six was, a, was a, a return to form. Yeah. And if we get more of that, uh, I'm going to be a very happy Game of Thrones camper. And a couple of final things before we go. I uh, just wanted to reiterate we're doing the Libsyn survey at survey.libsyn.com slash BMGOT. Uh, appreciate that, you. That, that link will be in the show notes, too. All of these will, yep. Um, we're also doing the TV Time affiliate, tvtime.ballmove.com, if you want to check out that app. And the club sale, don't forget about that, club.ballmove.com. Also, if you are listening for the first time and you're not subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and click the subscribe button. Uh, it'll just make it easier for you to get all the podcasts in your app. Um, and also leave a, a rating for us, iTunes, five star. We enjoy those. Or one star. Well, know, if, if, if I'm not so hot on the one stars. Yeah. I, I gotta I, I'm say. not even sure if it's fair. Like, I, I, like <laughs> one star should like make just harm your hearing. And I don't think we've done that. I don't think so. I mean, we 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 we've we, done some Clegane Bowl. We we have, shenanigans. But, but we conform <laughs> to all international standards for podcast volume. Literally, that's true. Yeah. We normalize it to that, so it should not be possible for you to <laughs> lose your hearing, listen to Bald Move, and and so that two star I think is the floor. That's it. We'll see you guys on the next podcast. <laughs>